0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We're one day away from Election Day. And every bit of the polling continues to tell the story. Republicans are going to take control of the House and the Senate. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, that's the number, 833-GOT-TONY. I get what the left is saying, because they have to put on a brave face, but I thought this was just so wonderfully telling for two reasons. It's Kate Bedingfield, who's the White House Communications Director who I assume will be walking away from that position immediately after the midterm. She's doing an interview with CNN, and it's just precious.
1: Well, look, Jim, you're
0: right. I should note that she's out there on the White House lawn, and that noise you hear. Well, look, Jim, you're right. They're mowing the lawn behind her. So visualize this, she's speaking to CNN. She's there in front of the White House trying to convey what a strong job Joe Biden's done, how there's enthusiasm for the Democrats. They're blowing leaves, they're mowing like the the mower's just zoom right behind. It's so good.
1: Well, look, Jim, you're right. Historically, first midterm for a president can be challenging. But look, across the board, what we're seeing is enormous popularity for the Biden agenda, the things that he's been able to accomplish, including lowering prescription drug costs, lowering energy bills making the single biggest investment in tackling climate change that we've made in the history of the United States, we see that the things that President Biden's been able to accomplish in the first two years, almost two years of his term, uh, is historically popular. Uh, And look, as you well know, I'm standing here on the White House lawn, so the Hatch Act prevents me from talking about politics in a lot of depth. But what I will say is he's been out, the Vice President's been out, the Cabinet's been out making the case.
0: His agenda is popular, but he isn't. If the agenda was popular, why wouldn't he be popular? It's an irrational argument coming from Kate Bedingfield. But what else do you expect? What else could they possibly, possibly do? Every single piece, every single moment they have tried to create of connection has just fallen apart and there is none there is no connection and i started by saying you take a look at where the polling is it shows republicans in the lead this is how they try to explain it on msnbc
1: we have never lived through this before. The pollsters have no idea if they're right. They think they're right, but maybe their sort of assumptions about who's coming to vote is wrong. Uh, Democrats are really excited about the surge of early votes, but we right. don't know. We know that Republicans vote more on election day. We don't know how many of them are coming out. But we just, know,
0: um- they don't know which end is up. They don't know who's voted. They don't know who cares. The whole thing is a mystery to them sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass Sounds about right Sounds about right Part of the reason why they don't know is because they are not willing to acknowledge I'm going to get into that exact conversation with Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. He's also the author of the book Going Red, really does, he's done the the detailed analysis of how elections work and how counties really make the difference and how you got to understand where you're campaigning. Uh, So going to get into it with him. The idea that Joe Biden is popular or that his policies are popular is hilarity. It's not real, it's not true. It is anything but true. How could you think that somehow the policies are popular, but the man is so reviled, and he is. How could you possibly think that these two things can exist It's it's just such a nonsense statement. A nonsense bit of conversation. The minute you hear it, you're like, wait a second. Policies were popular. Why wouldn't he at least have some more popularity? Being the guy who brings forth the policies. But he doesn't. And that tells you where some of the great disconnect is. And that explains why these people are like, oh, no one knows this and no one knows that and no one knows the other. Okay, you can argue that when it comes to the polling, no one knows anything. And no one knows. That's why you never look at just one. But you look at the amalgam, you look at it to- totaled up. You you are politi- You are set for taking the House and at least two in the Senate, maybe three, maybe four. Meanwhile, the Colts have fired coach Frank Reich. I have that story coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Well, just this morning, it was a conversation of what were the Colts going to do? New England 26, Colts 3, just over 100 yards of passing, not even 100 yards of rushing. Zero offense. But a defense that... That did its job. You cannot deny that that defense did its job against New England because if it was just the defense, New England only has 12 points. Can't blame the defense for a block punt that put New England on the one-yard line. You can't blame the defense for a pick six from Sam Ellinger in the fourth quarter. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5 and 107.5. The fan in Indianapolis and... Just this morning, we're talking about what is the Colts' plan? What does owner Jim Ursay do in his 25-year tenure as owner of the team? He has never, ever fired a head coach mid-season until today. Frank Reich fired as coach of the Indianapolis Colts. JMV, your take. Hey, Tony, we talked this morning about how,
1: you know, obviously in the past, Jim Ursay had never done that, but yesterday – was that breaking point. And really, going back to September, you and I have been having these consistent conversations about, okay, what would it take for Jim Irsay to do something that he has never done in his full ownership and guidance of his football team? And it was something like this. I think we came up with examples of Carson Wentz, you know, beating the Colts in their building or whatever, but it was something like what we saw yesterday. And honestly, he had no choice this had to be done. Frank Reich and the way that this team responded listlessly yesterday, and especially on the offensive side, he had no response other than firing Frank Reich. Thus, you make history in the past 25 years of doing something you haven't done. But listen, for the fans, for the players, it's the way that it looked yesterday where this organization, by the way, which is a huge mess right now, where it is this had to be done today, and Jim Irsay did it.
0: So take me through, in in your view, the difference between Jim Irsay's headspace yesterday-today versus Jim Irsay's headspace after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of last season when they immediately depart with Carson Wentz, get him directly out of there, that loss that kept them out of the playoffs – what was different in the headspaces? Because I cannot imagine Ursay was angrier last night than he was that day losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, from
1: what I hear, it's pretty close, but I will give you an example. So you go back to the end game a year ago in Jacksonville and just the incredible embarrassment that was that kept them from the postseason. You go back two weeks prior, and arguably, Tony, the Colts on Christmas night in Arizona played one of their best games of the year. Remember, that was the time when everybody was thinking this team could make major noise in the postseason and then at home, you know, missed out on clinching against the Raiders they lose and then get embarrassed in Jacksonville of not making the postseason. I, I just had thought to me that it was two weeks prior as to why Ursay thought, all right, Will reset in of the offseason. Actually, during the Jacksonville game, is when he thought, listen, we got to move on from Carson Wentz uh, by whatever means necessary. Uh, he went out there and said, I need uh, a free agent quarterback. What's the list? Chris Ballard came up with a list. It was lackluster. And then the whole Matt Ryan scenario kind of fell into their plate. And that's the direction they ended up going. So they had two weeks prior a level of success that had you thinking differently. Yesterday, as I mentioned, that listless performance. It looked like a team, not the defense, and you're right to state that, but it looked like a team offensively absolutely in disarray. It was a listless performance where something had to be done, and most of the issues certainly yesterday were on the offensive side of the football. You know, the week prior, Marcus Brady, the OC, was fired. Frank Reich took over, and it was very Colson Frank Reich when you fire your offensive coordinator Uh, Basically, take over his gig and the head coaching gig, and you actually get worse. So you left the owner really no decision to make other than letting the head coach go. And that's something that he had to do, and that's how I look at that differently today, for example, than I did going back to the end of the season and that embarrassing loss in Jacksonville.
0: Let's now ask ourselves the immediate questions, because this team still has to get on a plane, head out to Las Vegas, and play the Raiders that had their own loss uh, last week, has their own issues. Um, who's going to lead this team? Is this a team that's going to be led by Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, led by Bubba Ventron, the special teams, or and could then lead this team into the future, or is... Jim Irsay going to say to himself, there's only so much patience I have. There's only so much time I have. I need the coach. And if that's the case, who's he looking at?
1: Well, you know, I'll give you the the first things first here. I think on an interim basis, you're going to end up getting special teams coordinator Bubba Ventro. Now, we'll find out, I guess coming up probably before then, but officially at 6 o'clock, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard are finally going to speak out and say something regarding this team and this decision today. But my guess is going to be Ventrone. You also have a couple of former head coaches, as you mentioned, and rightly so. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, has a pass as an NFL head coach, and John Fox is also on that staff, and he has a a pass as an NFL head coach. But I think it's going to end up being Bubba Ventrone because, You don't know what you have here. People talk about how he could be a head coach further down the road. And if you're going in this direction right now, I don't know why you go with a guy like Fox or a guy like Bradley. You know what you got right there. You don't really know what you have in Ventrone. So that's why I kind of expect him to be the interim head coach announcement coming up later on today. As far as the future, uh, it's go big or go home, buddy. I mean, either go big or go home, whether that means Sean Payton. Now, with Sean Payton, I don't know how. First of all, let me go ahead and backpedal a little bit. You're talking about the uh, former this, Saints
0: coach, yeah, the guy yeah, who yeah. with Drew Brees, yeah. took a Super yeah. Bowl from uh, some guys in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you go big or go home on this. But a decision like that um, would, would take some things. But here's the major thing, is that somebody like that is going to want certainly personnel control, so where does that leave Chris Ballard? And as I told you this morning, Chris Ballard is, to me, equally on the hook for this mess as the head coach. So I don't know how Chris Ballard, at the end of this year, gets a seventh year to guide this team, to, to get their next quarterback, to try to reformat this offensive line that he put together. It has been just a massive failure here. I don't know how you hand him the keys to do it again. Given the decision today, at some point to me, the general manager, Chris Ballard, needs to be next.
0: Talking to JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan in Indianapolis, 3 to 6 p.m. is when you can catch him. You're now this team. In the past eight days, your quarterback has been, well, two weeks, we'll call it. Your quarterback has been switched out. You lost your offensive coordinator, and now your head coach has been fired. Are you saying thank goodness that Reich is out, or are you saying holy crap that Reich is out? I don't know about you.
1: I'll flip this back to you. I think this organization looks like an absolute catastrophe, a mess from top to bottom right now. All right, so give me your viewpoint. Is that how you view it, too? Because that's how I view it. And I this doesn't fix anything to me. It just is you know, a root of the issue, which is much more, with this team right now. He, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me
0: you? answer the question. Because here's yeah, yeah. where I get to my own level of confusion, you know, and it's Ayn Rand. If you have you know this if you've got this conflict you have to sometimes check your your your, your premise uh, of the situation, I take a look at what Chris Ballard has done in terms of, of trade, in terms of of draft, and I'm like, he's picked up pretty solid players. We took at this look at this draft last year, and we said that's a solid bit of drafting going on. No one says Alec Pierce was a bad choice or Jelani Woods. We got a host of guys that were like hot diggity. That's really good work. It's on the field that it's a total disaster. So how do I go about blaming Chris Ballard for that field disaster. I don't know how that's supposed to connect. So is it a mess from top to bottom? It's a mess on the field. I don't know about top to bottom.
1: Well, let me tell you, the the players that we see, and I think we both agree, right, the reason why this team offensively has been this disaster this year starts with the offensive line, that is all on the shoulders of Ballard. He is the one that comes up with the theories of you got to build from the inside out you got to do that with the offensive line, and you give money, $20 million per to your left guard. You draft a number six overall. That's not work. That was a bad decision. So, to me, the foundational building blocks of this team is what Ballard has created, and those are the major things that have let this team down, especially offensively. This is why we're going down this path right now. It's because of the philosophy of, Of Chris Ballard now I'm not suggesting Frank Reich is Vince Lombardi don't get me wrong here because he's not and that change needed to be made but it also needs to be made at some point at the end of the year with Chris Ballard to me I've seen enough and I would bet most Colts fans Tony would agree
0: with me oh I agree with you that they've seen enough that much I can agree with. I just don't I, – I don't know if, if you have – you know, it's the Bill Parcells line about being able to pick players. If you want me to cook the meal, the least you could do is let me buy a couple of the ingredients. That, that was his line, former coach of the New York Giants and, and then all around the NFL. Um, going outside of the organization – You'd mentioned Sean Payton. Give yeah. me another name that you think Jim Ursay would look at or you'd want him to look at because you know he's listening right now, uh, yeah. that you'd want him to look at for the organization. Who is it?
1: It's, it's funny, and this is, not, this is not at all my theory, but I, I've been bombarded with this. All right, so when does Manning come back? Um, do I expect that? No. But no. But I think at some point, because he's so much better off doing what he's doing right now than messing around with this. But, again, that is going to be probably a conversation. Hopefully it's short-lived, but it's going to be a conversation at some point. Um, normally it's going to be some kind of hot hot um, coordinator. I, I don't know if they go that direction. That's why I brought up Sean Payton at the beginning here, because I just think that he is going to, to go big. I just don't know how somebody like Sean Payton and Chris Ballard, if he were to stay – would, would get along. I, there's no way that Sean Payton is going to have Chris Ballard, as you mentioned with that Parcells quote, going to be picking out his groceries to prepare that meal. But I would start right there and then move further down and see where the squad is going right now. I just don't think a lot of these names, because when you think about it, Tony, it's halfway mark of the season. There's not a lot of dudes, not a lot of names that have emerged right now as far as would be a really good fit here. That's the reason why everybody always comes up with Sean Payton. Because he's the outlier. He's the guy that's just kind of waiting out there at some point and somebody is probably got a hard target. We just haven't seen enough of the season to find somebody that would make a great deal of sense since we're only at the halfway mark. That's what makes this even worse.
0: It is, it, it's not a bad name, you know? It's It's like how you always hear Bill Cower uh, brought up in these situations. <laughs> Somebody's going to be yeah. taking a look at Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the sure. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That much is going to happen as well. JMV 93.5, 107.5, the fan, 3 to 6 p.m. He'll have more on this. This is Tony Katz today. So, Carrie Lake's headquarters there in Arizona were shut down because envelopes with a suspicious white powder were found. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today eight three three. Got Tony. Tell me more about. It's only the political right that's violent. Just stop it. Y'all sound so. Just what's the what's the word? What's the that's it? Dumb the political right, the violence they're bringing. We watched violence for years from the political left, from the Black Lives Matter movement, from the Antifa movement, which is real and is on the left, and anybody who wants to pretend like, oh, we don't know what it is, so full of it. Don't, don't, just just smile and nod, then call them liars and move on with your day. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. A staffer opens an envelope because envelopes come to the office, right? People's mailing checks, they they sending their letters, they're angry, whatever the case may be. Carrie Lake's campaign, no different than anybody else's white powder they have to shut everything down they have to they're testing the fbi and phoenix police were called out this was over the weekend hazmat bomb squad units can you imagine the amount of money they're costing uh phoenix in the state of arizona never mind the fear that they're trying to instill which is of course violence what, what only january 6 is violence no When you burnt down businesses in Minneapolis, that's violence. When you killed cops in St. Louis, that's violence. When you engage Chaz Chops in autonomous zones in Seattle, that's violence. When in my beloved Indianapolis, two people are killed in two nights of rioting, that's violence. These people want you to believe that only January 6th is violence. I'm not arguing that January 6th wasn't violent. I am saying it is not the only example. And if we want to be people who do away with this stuff when we're talking about elections, well, then we have to be people who do away with this stuff when we're talking about elections, and that means discussing all of it. As opposed to the people who are so radically ideological, they will only discuss some of it. Now, uh, Carrie Lake, the candidate, was not there, was not affected by anything. The staff member was under supervision. I have not heard any more, and I only hope that they're well. This falls in line with another story of a black woman who was choked by a white man at a rally regarding Governor Hochul. She, a supporter of Lee Zeldin, the Republican. So first, you have a black woman who supports a Republican. When And as you know, when that happens, of course, they're no longer black women oh, no, no, you're black and you're conservative, you're no longer really black, or you've never been really black. And if you're a woman and conservative, you're not really a woman. This is what the left teaches. So, of course, it was okay for this man to put his right hand around this woman's throat. By the way, I should say to you that the the reporting I saw refers to her as a black woman. If I uh, take a look at the video, I can make an assumption, but assumptions often get people into trouble. choked somebody you didn't like what they had to say so you choked them not sure why you would do such a thing not sure why you thought that was the answer these are people who oppose governor Kathy Hochul in New York running for reelection as governor remember she was installed as governor because she was the lieutenant governor when Andrew Cuomo oh you remember Andrew Cuomo right Oh, I don't have to remind you of Andrew Cuomo, the guy who was going to lead us out of COVID and into the promised land when, of course, he was uh, groping women in his office. That's him. And so now she gets to be governor. Now she's running in her own right, and she's not super popular. Now it is, I mean, California, it is New York. Like, there's a difference. It's a very long road for Lee Zeldin. And I know there are people who are like, man, he's getting close. Oh, he can win this thing. It's not that I don't want him to. It's not that I don't want him to. I am totally fine with this. I only hope it happens. It just does not look that way. It doesn't look that way at all. But the fact that Democrats are worried about it, I love that. Oh, I think that tells you much. And by the way, this whole idea that just because I don't think something's going to happen means somehow that I'm okay with things. Let me, let me uh, share with you something that took place here. This is uh, President Trump. President Trump is talking about... Or he's he's at this campaign event. Was it in Pennsylvania? I think it was in Pennsylvania. And he's talking about 2024. He's talking about how uh, people are doing. And of course, everybody loves him. And the rumor is that uh, he is going to announce on November 14th that Trump is going to announce on November 14th that he's going to run for re-election. And the objective here, of course, is to clear the field. That's what he wants to do. He wants to clear the field for his opportunity. No, 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 nobody else is going to run. And in doing so, he has this commentary.
1: We're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see, there it is, Trump at 71, Ron Sanctimonious at 10%. Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought.
0: Never mind the Mike Pence stuff. We'll get into Pence another time. Ron De Sanctimonious. What's Trump doing? What is Trump doing? You're three days, four days out before a midterm. Focus and win. But Trump isn't about that. Trump's about Trump. I was discussing this this morning, and I got someone who who left me a message. You don't have to tell anybody, you know, that you're not pro-Trump. We all know that you're not pro-Trump. Whoa. I have never been on the Trump train. I have never been a never-Trumper. I'm not interested in personalities. I'm interested in whoever gets me what I want. I am a mercenary when it comes to my politicos, and I don't actually care if other people want to fall in love. No, wait, I do. I think it's nuts. Stop voting for a boyfriend and start voting with your brain. That's what I need from people. Now, I have said this continually over the past two years about whom? Biden voters. Oh, the tweets are just too much. Oh, everything's just so insane. I have to vote for Biden to make everything calm down. You fool. You knew you were being a fool. You knew you were being lied to. Nothing was going to calm down. And you allowed the emotion of everything will calm down. It's just too much for me. To override the policies that you knew were going to get implemented that meant disaster for your family. Now, you didn't understand exactly how bad it was going to be. You didn't understand how much of a progressive Joe Biden was, but you voted with a motion over your brain, and this is what you got. You damn well deserved it. The problem is I had to deal with it, too, and I didn't deserve any of this. So I have a choice. I can be wicked angry at you. I can call you every name under the sun, you and your sister, or I can say, you know what? Live and learn. Now let's do the learning and make sure we vote in our best interest. Not with our hearts, but with our head. Come 2022. And here we are, just one day away, people voting with their heads. Which is exactly what we need. Not voting for Trump in 2020 was a ridiculous move by independents and moderates and soccer moms across America who voted emotionally. I will tell you nose to nose. I will say it without any fear whatsoever. But as I wasn't voting emotionally, I'm not into idol worship. And I think the people who idol worship Donald Trump are weird as hell. I think it's weird. I don't think you do that. I think you recognize great policy. You recognize what allows you to lead a a better life, a freer life, a stronger life, a more sustainable life. And you're like, yes, let's go with that. Which is why I never needed Trump, but I did appreciate when people learned the lessons of Trump and how you fight back. People have learned that lesson. People like Carrie Lake. People like Ron DeSantis. Even though they may have already been able to do it before, they were able to watch it and hone better how it's done good things. I don't need it to be Trump, but there are some people who believe it's Trump or nothing. Those people are idol worshipers. I ain't got no time for that. And so I'm. you want to call me and leave me a, a message, uh, feel free. But if you ask me if I'm looking to Trump for 2024, no. DeSantis, Abbott, Pompeo, I got people who I think have an easier path to victory. That's my take. Am I going to stop Trump from running? How the hell would I stop Trump from running? What are you talking crazy? But I'm not going to spend 24-7 on the show about the man. I'm not going to turn it into the Trump show. I'm not a guy on that train. If Trump's the nominee going up against Biden, you don't have to worry about me. And only the most irrational person who demands total fealty would be. What do you think I'm going to do? I vote with my head. I always do. Trump's a better man than Joe Biden. Let me say that again. Donald Trump is a better man, a better human being than Joe Biden. Now, if you say to me, how dare you? Well, I've got a hundred things I could say about Joe Biden, then you might have a hundred things you could say about Donald Trump, and we'll say, okay, neither one of them are necessarily guys we want to have over for lunch. You could say that. But if we're gonna rank them, Donald Trump's a better man than Joe Biden, end of list. Joe Biden doesn't understand how to run an economy, and Joe Biden is a racist for his entire career. I'm done here. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what little tweets that you send. Facts are facts. And if you don't like it, Daddy don't care. By the way, Ryan, Ryan's running the board today. Uh, In this conversation, Ryan, uh, I am Daddy. Just wanted to make sure everybody knew that, Ryan. So, so... In this conversation, when I say, Daddy don't care, I, I I am Daddy. You're welcome, Ryan. Appreciate that. Nothing like making the, the, the general Zer feel just totally weirded out. Oh, I should be hearing from HR in mere moments. So just because I'm not on the Trump train doesn't mean I'm anti-Trump. Doesn't mean I'm never Trump. I've never been never Trump. I have never understood Never Trump. It doesn't make any sense. It sure as bloody hell is not a conservative position at all. At all, the people who have gone Never Trump, whether it be Jonah Goldberg or David French or host of these others, beats me. When a bunch of conservatives who they decided were the leaders of the movement, I was like, uh, "This is silly." Um, wrote in National Review about how we can't vote for Trump. What did I say on this show? that's a mistake, that's ridiculous. And considering the vast number of them who have made their mea culpas, we were right. Just silly as the day is long. Silly also to say Ron DeSanctimonious, Trump's wrong. Focus on the thing at hand, would you please? but he doesn't focus on the thing at hand because he is the only thing at hand. But who came to the defense of Ron DeSantis? Mike Pompeo. I like the former Secretary of State quite a bit. Former CIA Director, former Congressman from Kansas, uh, Mike Pompeo. Like him a lot. And he is going to be a contender. Seems to me he might already be putting in for that vice presidential spot with Ron DeSantis. So that's it. I don't think Trump should be engaged in the name calling, but Trump's gonna run, at least that's the rumor, a strong one, and he's gonna try and push out the rest of the field. I don't see the rest of the field being pushed out. I also don't see enough people responding to the violence towards Carrie Lake and towards the supporter of Lee Zeldin. You'll note that they only talk about violence when it goes in one direction. When it fits one narrative, well, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. If we're supposed to be opposed to violence, we're supposed to be opposed to violence. If we're supposed to be opposed to election malfeasance, why is it in Carmel, Indiana, allegations of electioneering, and yet the Hamilton County Democratic Party puts out a statement not decrying any electioneering, but claiming, ah, oh, Republicans just made it up. It's absolutely stunning. If you haven't heard me talking about that, I will get to that story today. You will not miss it. Keep it here. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. I, I, I don't even know what to say, guys. We just have the whole conversation about Coach Reich being fired and the Colts announce that Jeff Saturday will be the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, that Jeff Saturday. Six-time Pro Bowl center, ESPN analyst, Peyton's friend. He is going to be the interim head coach. Not Bubba Ventrone, not Gus Bradley, not John Fox, who are all on the staff, the last two having head coaching experience. This is I honestly have no idea how Colts fans are gonna take this. I I, 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 I don't know. They want a winner. They want people who've got experience doing the job. None of these guys can move up. Let me ask a question. Do these guys take this insult and just stay? I I'm flabbergasted. Flabbergasted by, by this move. And not angry at Jeff Saturday. I'm Tony Katz.